We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. It is time for us to give you our final opinions on food security and if it is of the utmost important for you to think about right now in your gardens, right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, everybody. If you'd like to support the show, come check us out on Patreon. Links are below for everything that I'm going to mention. You get two episodes a month and amongst other benefits. Or you can come simply check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, like a video, leave us some comments and uh, dig deep. We got a bunch of stuff on there and T-shirts and Amazon links and all that are below. All of that stuff will help support us and keep this content rolling out for you and limit the amount of advertisers that we put on the show. And that being said... I want to say something. We, we made a comment last episode, Miss Batavia, about how we were always late to the show, to the game, right? We didn't make that comment. You made it, and I disagreed with it, but go on. Oh, okay. Well, so we're going to start the episode like that. The so words I, were too far out of my mouth for me to pull it back and soften it up, so there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I got we got a message on Instagram. Um, somebody was sending us a picture that they wanted us to um, share of their garden, which we greatly appreciate. And in the, within that, they said, um, it was interesting that today's podcast, which was the first episode of the um, Food Securities, comes out with the Supreme Court ruling against climate change. There you go. Maybe we were on time. I, I renege everything that I said. I take it back. We're, we're the best. No, I'm just joking about that. But So, um, yeah, this is going to be a discussion about whether or not we think that all of this stuff that we've been talking about is, in fact, happening, can happen, should happen, or if we should be considering or worrying about it. Yeah. So now that we've hooked you in, you've spent three episodes with us about this. We're going to say, <laughs> I don't, I mean, maybe, I guess it's important. <laughs> no, no, it might be. In all seriousness, I think um, kind of rounding this, this series out. Um, and, you know, I love a good old conversation, right? The less structure, the better for me. Um, likelihood and, and how we're moving based on, you know, how true we believe this to be, how soon we believe kind of this, these things to happen. Um, But also recognizing that their food insecurity issues today, yesterday, the day before, right? I think we have built these episodes recognizing there have been changes in our environment, in our country, around the world um, that has, um, what's the term that I'd use? Um, I can't think of the term that I want to use, but it absolutely has um, made the the situation more probable, potentially, right? Um, Highlighted some of the issues that many have experienced, right? Um, So, yeah, 
Yeah, there is definitely food insecurity issues, and they have been going on for a long time, and it's atrocious. But I would be remiss if I did not give everybody the definition of food security one last and final time. And if you're new to the show, you're late to the game, go back three episodes and restart because you need to know what we're talking about. But Or how about welcome, right? Like, well, that too. You're, like, we're sitting no, at no. the door greeting our guests. <laughs> And you're like, I told you I didn't drink red wine. And I'm just like, thanks for being here. I already have my glass. Let's go ahead and <laughs> uncork yeah. this like, thing. What the hell are you bringing me wine for? <laughs> so the International Food Policy Research Institute calls food security and is defined as by the United Nations Committee on World Food Security means that all people at all times have physical, social and economic access to sufficient, safe nutritious foods that meet their food preferences and dietary needs for an active and healthy lifestyle. There we go. That is the final time I will be reading that on the show. Anytime we refer to it in the future, you're just going to have to be expected to know because every time I read it, I change a word or two. Probably this is a game. The last time in this series, (laughs) in this series. So yeah, I mean, you know, we broke it down in the first episode though, about, you know, the social and economic access to sufficient, safe, and nutritious food. And I mean, we all can see loopholes in that. We've heard stories. We've some people have probably experienced it, you know, um, within their lives. And maybe moving forward, you will experience it less or more. But we've gone through everything to this point of basically food securities are thought on it. Can you fix it in a year? Or can yeah? What can you do now? And then can you solve your your personal food security issues within a growing season? And so now is just time for us to just kind of discuss it and see how it you know what we feel about it because it's a daunting subject, I believe. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's a different subject for this show too. I think this series is kind of taking us on a different subject. Yeah, and I think that matter. it's it's very easy to feel like you're not impacted by it, you know, today and potentially may not, maybe not in the future. Like if you have food on the shelves, you know, there's this thought of perhaps you you're fine. Right. Like I think it's easy to kind of just default to food insecurity equals people are starving. And that's, that's not what it is. Hence the, the definition that you just read. Um, Yeah. And the threat, if you will, to kind of, you know, uh, uh, a stable food pipeline um, is real. And what we've been talking about and trickling into these episodes and um, whether or not, you know, some of this is amped up to frighten us, to get us to buy more for companies to make money or not is kind of some things that we'll talk about when it comes to our opinion on this. Um, I just I think that. If you're here with us and you've listened to one or more episodes, again, we thank you. Um, but my gut would tell me that you have some interest. Either you're all in and believe that this is a real concern or you have some true curiosity. And, you know, there's a place for both of those views here. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I, stopping I, I, I with want... a lot of unfinished thoughts. They're, they're, I'm formulating okay. them as we talk. <laughs> Well, I'm going to I want to say um, a couple things real quick, and I want to kind of set the stage for this conversation a little bit. Um, you, so you said something about like, it's not like food secure insecurity means you're going to starve. And to be very clear, 
you can survive off of Oreos. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about fresh, healthy food, and which basically applies to the gardeners that are listening here, you know, which you all are gardeners. So thank you for being part of the solution. Um, but you can survive off these crappy foods, but you're not going to thrive off of them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we want to thrive in our healthy lifestyles. And we all know that the American diet has a lot to be desired. And I mean, you know, <clears throat> my wife, she's a nurse and she sees it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know how poor diet and stuff like that can affect you. Um, you know, I've had a doctor in the past, which... Um, he, when I first went to go see him, he was like, I don't solve medical issues with medication. I solve it with diet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right on, brother. Mm-hmm. Me and you are right in the game. Let's do this. And um, they fired him oh, wow. not long after that because he wouldn't prescribe medications. And now he, d- he does it like an hour and a half away. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, gas prices are $6 a gallon. I can't <laughs> manage that. So, mm-hmm. and which factors that last statement factors into all this as well. So with the food securities issues and stuff like that, you know, we kind of gave you an opinion last time about if you can solve it within the year. But the question becomes is, do we even need to worry about solving it? Like, is it, if I, is if it I, a problem to be solved? Right. Right. And I mean, if I pull out my, my magic glass, my crystal ball, do I see, cause you know, y- y'all know I got a crystal ball. I mean, I'm, I'm in this deep. I, can you see that there's going to be an issue in the future? You know, l- yesterday, not yesterday, last episode, last week, we talked about, um, I talked about people, uh, farmers moving from corn to soybean mm-hmm. because of the profit, the profitability of it and the lack of seeds um, that was kind of affecting it from that point on. Now, I want to um, talk about that for just a minute and say the lack of seed comes from two things. One, the majority, not all of them, but the majority of the farmers cannot legally save their own seeds from the last crop. It's against their... Um, disclosures that they have signed to grow genetically modified organisms, they cannot save the seed. And if they did save the seed, one, they could go to prison Two, they could get a fine and three, it's more than likely not viable. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's this whole situation unfolding with that as well, where I believe um, spoiler alert, I believe that that I'm going to call it technology of will come back to bite at this time because, and I don't think that people are going to starve immediately from it, but I think it will affect us because there is a big difference. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do know what you mean. I I think I've seen or either seen that on a documentary or two when we talk about kind of our food system or, and or read it. Um, So I, I definitely get that. It's, you know, when you, you don't often think about, well, many of us don't often think about um, the plan to limit things, right? The plan to limit what we're growing and what drives that. Um, what not you and I are growing as a gardener, but kind of if you look at big ag, right? You know, and so there obviously and has been for a lot of years 
steps in place to focus certain farmers on growing certain things and not other things, right? Last week, we talked about, you know, kind of in the height of the pandemic, you know, the the destruction of crops, you know, based on not having anywhere to sell them to, right? And so if that's done once under a certain set of circumstances, don't, let's not pretend like it can't be done under a different sort of set of circumstances. Um, but to kind of level set here, one of the, the drivers for this series now is the state of our economy, is inflation, is the threat of a recession, you know, within the next year. Like those are pieces that have have driven us to say, OK, the time is now because the reality is we could have done food security in 2020. You know, we could have done, you know, this and if if we knew each other then in 2019 before we even got into this pandemic, like the topic is is always relevant. We could have done this in 1973, you know, when <laughs> Soil Green was released. Like it's it's all relevant. But I just I think it's um it's almost irresponsible for us to not kind of acknowledge and discuss what's happening now, given these additional factors we're experiencing. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it every day. You're hearing about something new. In the past few years, it's just, it's been, it's exhausting Mm -hmm. is what it is. But it's been crazy because it's constant news after news after news after news after news. This is going bad. That's going bad. This is happening here and there and yonder and all that stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the drought in the West is, you know, lake mead is dropping. at uh, Right now, I believe it's eight inches a day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that water will go to certain farmers and stuff like that. But I mean, what happens? And this is a big if I don't really have I have a stance on it, but I don't know if it's correct or not. But what if that lake dries up to the point where they can't pump water to people? Then what happens? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? What mm-hmm. happens to the farming and the food industry and, you know, all that stuff? Because agriculture is a big part of our economy you know mm-hmm. people invest hugely in it mm-hmm. and they Livelihood, you know it's not part of our economy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you know it's not a super sexy stock or anything to buy but people buy that stuff and trade it and move it around and all these different food companies and i mean all of it's related mm-hmm. and the powerful thing about the um crop destruction last uh two years ago was simply because people weren't going to restaurants. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was it. It was just because people weren't going to restaurants. And as our economy now does whatever it's doing, you know, we go into a recession or whatever, invariably people will be pulling back because not only do we have, um, you know, job losses, but we also have inflation at higher rates. Mm -hmm. And so everything's going up. So the first thing people cut out is going to restaurants. Mm -hmm. So are we going to see this again? But are we going to see it in the public eye or is it going to happen quietly? That's the question I have. It's, um, it's a good example of the power of our dollar, right? You know? Uh, and so when we withheld that going back to 2020, um, and again, it was out of, you know, uh, one could argue necessity depending on who you are and what you believe. Um, you know, it, the impacts were huge, huge, right? Um, and unfortunately, it's been my experience, no matter what part of life you in, no matter, you're in, no matter how big or small, once you experience a thing and realize you can survive it, 
realize there may be some benefit, some bright side to it, then that comes back around, which goes back to my point of, you know, kind of those crops were destroyed for a purpose back then, right? And what do you do? There, there, well, let me say this. There are a number of things you could have done with that food, but we won't get into that. Um, just recognize that any number of, and I'm not even yet saying sinister, any number of things could happen to disrupt the kind of what we've come to understand is a normal flow of, you know, foods and, you know, um, and I'm going to put dairy and all of that under the food category. Um, And that's when you start, you as the consumer start to feel the impact, whether it is with the purchase price or with the availability or with the, hold on, let me lean into it. The quality. Welcome yeah. to year 20 and, of, you know, being impacted by quality. But Well, and the thing to remember, too, is every single person listening here has way more power than they think because your dollar matters. Mm-hmm. We saw it with the wood um, prices a couple years ago where people literally stopped buying wood mm-hmm. and doing projects and they were forced to lower the prices of wood somewhat, not back to where it was, but somewhat to ease that pain. And same thing with the restaurants. You Well, at that time we were forced not to go to a restaurant. Mm -hmm, So there's mm -hmm. that. But imagine if you just decided, you know what, we go out to dinner three days a week, we're going to start going one day a week. And then people started doing that. It would make a big difference and it'd make a big change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the, and the way that our economy is built would help, you know, I, I have the feeling that that would help to drive food production into a more sustainable, measurable way that would benefit us more, which would drive food prices down in the grocery store. I believe I, I, I'm not an economist, so there's that. I'm a gardener. <laughs> but that being said, let's go to our break and then we're going to come back and then we're going to dig in and see what our official opinions are because I have a feeling that neither one of us have totally formed an opinion quite yet so it should be interesting hey everybody thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast if you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast head over to our Patreon page to sign up you can also make a one time donation using PayPal both of these links are in the description with your support we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens see ya We want everybody to have a garden and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck. All right, Batavia, go ahead and just spoil the whole thing. Let's make it a short one. (laughs) Just give your one word. No, I'm joking. Um, When you think about the food security issues, do you see it being an issue up until now? Like from, let's say, the past 10 years up to now, do you think food security has been more and more of an issue? Um, I think that, yes, I think that um, the kind of the breadcrumbs have been left, no pun intended, like the stage has been set over these years um, to for us to really feel the impact. Um, So I, I don't I mean, I'm not anticipating kind of the Great Depression type of impact right you know um i am looking at this and saying going back to my comments from last week um we have it's been so easy for us to get 
access to things, um, where the pain of not having access to certain things as we go forward will be felt even more so. Um, I do think there's also some like, um, kind of almost training going on, you know, the, this month it's this, that's an issue, you know, three months from now, it's going to be this, it's not available. Like the, it's available, taking it away. It's available, taking it away. That that's almost like, um, what do they call it when they say, um, you are preparing folks for, you know, what could be the inevitable, um, but not in a good way, you know, like we've come to, in my mind, like I don't need baby formula and I've not researched whether or not baby formula is still problematic. And so you kind of have this complacency of it'll work itself out, you know? Um, so when the next best, best thing, it's like, something being on you know short availability you know um and this is no different than when we had uh, you know the beginnings of a lot of published recalls regularly published recalls like who hasn't told you oh yeah they're recalling lettuce again or spinach again like it's a norm it it, there's no shock around it anymore right you're just kind of shrugging your shoulders like yeah of course it is right it's their annual it's their anniversary to recall you know insert that vegetable and i think that that's a concern because you become um um complacent you become um i'm having some trouble finding the words here um you, you don't you don't take it as seriously perhaps um you're maybe not driven to take action right to you know protect you and yours as much and that's a part of another reason why we want to do this series is to highlight um these concerns are real and which there's my answer um and you have control over improving your situation you know yeah i think in the past and i mean and today there's definitely been social and economic issues with food security in different areas of the country and neighborhoods and stuff like that. And I think as we move forward, you know, as we've gotten, well, I don't want to move past today just yet, but as we've gotten closer to this time frame, I think that it's starting to grow more and more and more. And we're seeing it across the board a little bit more. So it's definitely something that needs to, you know, that, we should all keep our eye on the best we can. And I don't honestly know a good place to keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Updates and stuff like that. I mean, every time that I've found like an article about it or something, mm-hmm. it's always some random place you would never hear of. And it's hard, you know, then you've got to track it and all that stuff. So it's very hard to find it because the big thing too is, and I believe this wholeheartedly is, the news organizations and stuff like that outlets, they have a directive not to cause hysteria as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I don't, I'm not saying that we're at that point by any means, but you know, the less you tell people, the less they know, the more comfortable they are and the more focused they are on buying cars and toilet paper and not worried about fresh zucchini at the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grooming was the word that I was looking for earlier. Uh, yeah. Re- you know, there's this idea of, um, you know, let's not panic. Right. You know, and all of the things that we've seen in the last two years in particular that have been 
um, limited availability, all of those things, it's uh, impacting primarily a subset of people. Right. You know, so, well, sure. Toilet paper, which there was never, you know, a real shortage. Right. Toilet paper. I mean, I think we all use it. Um, and things like the increased pricing, like a lot of us are impacted by it. But it's not like, you know, there is a countrywide water uh, shortage. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, that's not what we're experiencing. We've seen droughts, you know, on the West Coast for years. Right. You know, and so that doesn't. It doesn't feel like it impacts me sitting here in Chicago, but I think that's part of the problem. It doesn't until your strawberries don't show up in the grocery store when you're used to seeing them. Absolutely. You, you know, and so a couple things unpack there. First of all, I believe that the water, the drought situation on the West Coast has been severely mismanaged over. I mean, they've had a 20 year drought. So, you know, and they're just now really take starting to take steps. I mean, I feel like you kind of like, dude, you, you kind of missed the boat, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you're so used to using your water the way you are. And I mean, I don't know if people know this, but farmers get the amount of water that they're going to use each year based on what they use the year before. So if they're not, if they had an excessive amount of rain or something, they'll turn the water on and let it dump Mm -hmm. just so they can get that allocation for the next year. (laughs) That's how we used to work with our marketing budgets. Yeah. Previous company. It's the, if you didn't use it all, you know, in any number of budgets, I've I've seen this, you know, when you work with corporations, if you don't use it, it's going to be on the chopping block you know, for next year and you won't have those monies. Right. So you have end of year purchases trying to make sure that they have those dollars for the following year. I mean, I remember when I worked for the government and it was like, I I went to him, I was like, Hey, I need a new chair. Um, Mine's, you know, falling apart. And they're like, okay, um, can you wait about a month? And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's fine. And they go, okay, month came. And I was like, all right, they're like, here, pick out your chair. Picked out like, you know, $150 mm-hmm. chairs. And they're like, no, no, you need this $500 <laughs> chair. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I don't. They're like, no, no, you need it. You know? And it's like, all right, I get what you're saying. So, you know, with all of that said, like, that's how that works. And it's a system, honestly, that's built to fail in a real world scenario. Mm-hmm. So... To just dump water is just completely insane, especially when you got a 20-year drought. Yeah. I think I was reading the other day, they need 18 years of above-normal rain and snowpack in order to kind of reverse the drought. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an excessive amount, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not to mention, we all know that you know that it's warmer and stuff like that. So, And then the other thing that you had mentioned um you mentioned toilet paper there wasn't a shortage on it and i I actually disagree with you Mm -hmm. there was a shortage on it based on consumer demand so because everybody rushed to go get it that was this where the shortage kicked in Mm -hmm. so we've all i know we've said this on the podcast before but your grocery stores only hold three days worth of food for the area so if everybody at once is like oh shit we're running out of food. I got to go. And they load up. There's going to be serious issues. Mm-hmm. And that's where the gardener, I think, is stepping in at, you know, perfectly because you can alleviate that pressure. And I don't want to say you're going to alleviate the pressure on the grocery store. You're going to alleviate that pressure on yourself. Yeah. And so a good example of key. that is when, you know, you have some big storms coming. 
you know, and then you see those shelves that are um, that are bare, right? You know, it's you basically bought out that inventory. Um, and this was before back to the toilet paper was before we started seeing the supply chain, you know, ships sitting and stuck and, you know, um, trucking and all of that. So that was before that even. Um, I guess the. So we're getting to ha- the halfway point here. And I think I really want to start zooming in on, you know, kind of the bigger problem versus the smaller resolution. And you were just yeah. hinting on that when it came to, um, you know, you're not going to save your grocery store because you have a garden, right? You know, like, right. Um, but the stress and sometimes emotion when, when times are tough, you know, the grocery store is a happy place for me. But the struggle that you may encounter when you've gone there, I mean, if you think back to just two years ago, um, you know, get it the onset of the, the pandemic and kind of what the grocery store experience was like, it was very different. Um, but how about, you know, you limit how much you have to go there. Right. Yeah. So it is a larger give because, you know, the eggs that you were going to buy. Young Ben, you know, I know that you're not buying them, but you get my point. Um, they're on the shelf for someone else to buy. Right. And then for you, you don't have to deal with the stress of dealing with people that may be panicked, be, be, dealing with people that may be overbuying, dealing with people that are frustrated because the store doesn't have what they need. Um, so you can minimize that um, as a gardener. Right. Yeah. Well, and that and you're sticking, you know, <clears throat> See, for us, it, it came down, it comes down to our dietary lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you always keep your staples on hand. You know what I mean? You know, whatever you eat the most and, you know, learn, you know, we make our own bread, for instance, we, which, by the way, if, if you don't make your own bread or if you want to or whatever, um, sourdough starter and a bread maker is legit, mm-hmm. just for the record. <laughs> but that being said, like, when you know we get snow here like once every couple of years but when we do bread and milk are gone people is out there making some bread pudding like you wouldn't believe <laughs> but we ain't got to worry about it yeah. because we just make our own bread mm-hmm. you know what i mean so and then we don't i don't eat bread pudding that stuff's gross i know somebody's made some that's delicious but oh my gosh um, oh my gosh i'm a sweet head too though like i i enjoy yeah. bread pudding um a lot of restaurants serve it like a rum sauce, which, you know, I mean, it's just sugar, you know, liquid sugar. Um, so quick question about how long do you feel like you guys have been making your own bread? Uh, six years now. Okay. So we've really basically, and I mean, we'll buy loaves sure. of bread here and there, but we make two loaves at a time and freeze one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, so, it's nothing, and we have the sourdough starter. It's nothing for y'all to do now. Right. You know, I imagine there was totally normal. Yeah, A little bit of a learning curve in that, you know, first year or so, first few months or whatever have you. So it's funny because when the bread maker comes out, everybody in the house gets super excited (laughs) because we have a rule. Mm. And the rule is when the bread comes out, you get a hot piece of butter bread. Yeah. Yeah. Son of a bitch. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's all cheering and happy. Uh, It's crazy. The reason why I bring it up, though, is it feeds into this idea of um like again increasing your skill sets adding things to your toolkit right you know yeah. so 
that's not going to be an, a concern. That's not going to be some learning curve that you and your family need to overcome. You know, if bread is limited or if it's at a price that you just don't want to pay or at a price that you can't afford to pay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's just one item, you know, then there's that second item and that third item, and that fourth item. Right. So you, I mean, there are obviously other um, ingredients, even with the starter kit that you need to be able to make bread. Um, but there are probably going to be more people buying the loaf of bread than they are, you know, uh, the flour or whatever have you. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's a key there. Right. <laughs> you know? So we did the math and when we bought the bread maker, it took 15 loaves of bread to pay for the bread maker. Mm-hmm. That was all it did. So now we're, you know, we're in the green. I think it's about to break, which is depressing. Uh-huh. So, um, but look, we've, we've, we've talked about like working up to here, but I really want to spend the rest of the episode talking about from here on, okay. what do we see? All right. Well, you take this. Um, okay. That's scary, but okay. <laughs> so, cause I know you, just to you, rehash, wait, you set up the, the idea and then you're like, so Batavia, what about from here on? And I'm just like, oh, okay, well define here on. Can you read the description for I, me? <laughs> I, I was being polite, mm-hmm. but let's, let's call it 10 years out. You know, what do we see? Um, you know, and that's a really hard question to, to answer. It's a really hard way to look at it because we don't know. I mean, We've talked about in this series, we've talked about gas prices, we've talked about inflation, pandemics, um, conflicts over in Europe and stuff like that. We've talked about all these different things that are affecting it microly, not to mention climate and all that, overpopulation, soylent green as people, all that stuff. So if you take all of that into account, you know, moving forward, like, what do we see changing and what do we see maybe making it better or worse? And that's, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to look at, you know, and I I start, I want to start with the gardener specifically, like what affects us. And to my surprise, um, the fertilizer issue is kind of a big issue Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it comes from apparently Ukraine and Russia, a lot of it. Now to be clear, I don't know if that's organic or synthetic fertilizers. I don't know the whole story behind that. If I had to guess, I would suggest that fertilizer companies are a lot like seed companies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where you get them from a certain amount of places and then you brand them your way in your own bag and stuff like that. I could be totally wrong about that, but I'm just going to assume because that's how a lot of these things work. You know, one company will own 15 different companies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then they all kind of fall under the same umbrella. So, well, the thing about it is, and let's it's so there's comfort when you push this thing out to say, let's look at the, the next 10 years. Right. Because so much could happen. And I look back at what I've accomplished in the last four years, you know, right. uh, compared to the years before that. Um, and but uh, using fertilizer as an example, even if you're not a big user of fertilizer, you got to stop and think about the impact to, again, kind of the mass food production. Right. You yeah. know, so uh, you may be limited in getting your hands on it or it may be, you know, at a much higher price. Um, but think about all of the farms, you know, across your country that are used to getting this product 
and are now potentially limited in getting it, or it's just more expensive, which makes their overhead more, ex- uh, more costly, which is going to trickle down to you, right? They're not eating yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the consumer will pay for it. Um, and so that's just one through line of something that could impact us drastically. You know, um, I, my immediate thought is, you know, 10 years out, gosh, if we're so lucky, if we're talking about this now and we have 10 years before that really hits, you know, it really, really hits us, then there are any number of things that we could do, you know? So if you don't even have a garden today, you know how kick-ass your garden could be 10 years from now, 10 years of learning, even with whatever challenges we're talking about potentially coming out, how how much you could explore, you know, hell, you, you could have a business that's associated with the garden. Like there are any number of things you can do. And that's a much brighter view. I do want to balance that with like, don't pull the classic Batavia. If I'm looking at a 10 year view, well, I don't really have to take action for another two or three years. Like the way we're talking about this is like starting with year one is now this is your plan for year one. This is your plan for year two. This is your plan for year three. What it does for me is it makes me think about really carving out what the more long-term plan is versus me just looking and saying, okay, I'm gardening in this space until I decide to make a change. Can what you're doing now and the space you're growing in and the way you're growing, could that um, really help sustain you five years from now? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then let's talk about what that would need to look like for it to sustain you. Yeah. I mean, you need to, and then I think it it goes back to two episodes ago where we were kind of like start now Mm -hmm. and within, let's just say this 10 years, you're going to get a really good idea of what you need to sustain because we've done sustainable gardening, but we have yet to conquer self sustainable Mm -hmm. gardening. Self-sufficiency. Yeah self-sufficiency and stuff like that and that that's that's, intimidating yeah it's it's a totally intimidating subject but rest to be assured um it wasn't too far in the past where people were Mm self-sustainable you know in Mm -hmm. 1970 i think it was i think it's 1973 which is probably why soylent green came out that year (laughs) um i think it was that year i could be off but you couldn't get gas unless your license plate ended at a certain number and then you can only get it on a certain day and then you can only get a certain amount imagine if they did that at the grocery store and they say okay your address is this that or the other you can only come on tuesdays and you can only buy 150 dollars worth of groceries <laughs> what are you going to do <laughs> what are you going to spend your 150 dollars on now you you see you can sit there and think and be like ben you stupid that ain't gonna happen it's happened before and it'll happen again. I guarantee you it will happen one day. May not be 10 years, maybe 20, maybe five, maybe this year. We don't know. But that being said, what are you going to do with your 150 bucks? You know, and I'm just using that number just off the top. That may, that may tell you you have a thousand dollars. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's like we're used, we're a society that goes to Costco and Sam's Club and buys five pound jars of mayonnaise. <laughs> you know, that's what we're used to. That's excessive. <laughs> right. We don't need that. We don't need all of these things. And that's one of the reasons, too, why um, apparently we've made a safe space for easy cooking. 
But <laughs> when it comes down to it, between your herbs and some basic spices, you don't need to worry about all that stuff. You know what I mean? And over time, you can train yourself to crave things less, which will in turn make yourself easier. And I get it. Everybody's got their own vices. I have my vices. Batavia's got her own vices. We're, we all have Lord knows I do. Yeah, you ain't lying. And I'm talking about myself, not you. But when it comes down to it, like I remember when I went vegan, I went no sugar at all. And then I went to a, a, a month later, four weeks later, I went to a birthday party and I had a small piece of cake and I couldn't even put it in my mouth. It was so sweet. <laughs> but before I could crush that cake. And, so you can see how that becomes. And the note is the way that these products are produced and the way our bodies uh, are made up. If it were never again, you could, you know, you could never put a piece of cake in your mouth. That'd be one thing, but that's not the case. You, you could build no. back up to that place where you're able to tolerate it and even enjoy it. So that's, that's the, the, yeah. the sh- struggle, if you will. Right. Yeah. You know, when, when David was a baby, a young lad, um, I remember Kelly, she, she breastfed him and, he would keep waking up in the middle of the night. She's like, look, it's been, you know, she breastfed for as long as she could. That was acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she went, we went to the doctor and we're like, you know, how do we stop it? And she was like, think about it this way. There was a point to the story. If you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're getting milk and cookies every night, <laughs> just stop giving it to him. Let him cry. Three days is all it took. And then he slept through the night. Three days mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a baby is very you know instinctive they're not like us they're not trained a certain way to want mm-hmm. cake in the future mm-hmm. or anything like that they're right here right now it took three days to change that behavior that was crazy to us how fast it was so for us it's the same thing now we have a couple more years on us so it may be a little bit harder but you know it's all of these different things but that being said you know, gas prices are going up. Um, I don't envision them going down personally. I, I feel that once they go up, they stay up. And I think it's the gas companies ways and, and the big companies to test out and see what we'll pay before they find a happy medium. Now that affects our food prices. Mm-hmm. Cause you gotta pay the gas yeah. to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they all go hydrogen or electric and you ain't going to get no high electric tractor trailer. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, but I am seeing. Go ahead. No, no, go. I was gonna say I'm seeing electric take hold better, and if I had to guess, in the future, fossil fuels would be reserved for businesses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. In the future, now I'm not even saying ten years on that one, but I think that we will outpace it based on going to hybrids and electric and hydrogen fuels and stuff like that that are coming out. So, you know, that could change the landscape completely and totally of the entire world. So where I was going to go was when it comes to, um, I mean, it can eat the breadcrumbs. I feel like this, we need a visual. I feel like, you know, this episode should have been, on video so we could pull out a whiteboard and put post-its you know shout out to your whiteboard behind you post-its on it because when you talk about singular item you know again it doesn't seem like the end of the world 
And when you put them all together, it's not the end of the world, right? But it is very much more impactful when you think about these things and, and combine them. And I think a couple episodes ago, we talked about like, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and gas is $100, right? Um, and we are talking about really, really dark days if we were ever to get to that price per gallon. Um, but shoot, we're at 6 and $7 here in Chicago. We're yeah. at... Six dollars as a steady, you know, based on the various grades in Indiana, which, you know, a lot of Chicagoans just cross over the border, especially those who live in the city. And it's you've always gone there to get the cheaper gas. Right. And it's it's a less price, but none of it's cheap anymore. You know, no. Um, so, you know, do I think we're going to get to seven or eight dollars because we're already at seven? Yep. Nine dollars. Yeah. Yep. You know, ten dollar gas. Yep. You know, so um, three more dollars per gallon potentially in the near future, right? How does that impact you and your budget? I was talking to a good friend, and he said something like, um, "I think it's something like two hundred miles, two hundred miles a day." No, that couldn't be right. It was something that like, could be right. "Oh no, I would have been far too shocked." Um, whatever it was, I was shocked when it came to the the travel. No, it was a hundred miles a day, um, considering you know to and from. And then you look at a hundred miles a day. That's generally five hundred miles a week, and that's a yeah. lot of mileage. You know, talk about wear and tear on cars. We haven't even folded into the idea of you know various parts for cars, the difficulties. You know, so there's a whole lot there, and it only takes a few things for you to really feel the pain in your everyday life, everyday life. So, so based on my wife's commute to work, she's, we spend about 250 to 300 a month just for her to get gas. Mm -hmm. That's a car payment for an electric car. Mm -hmm. So we are considering that move at this, at this time we're considering Mm -hmm. it. I'm not, I have to do some research as a former mechanic. I need to know, I need to educate myself a bit more, but, um, you, you said something about everything, all the small things adding up. I want, I, I thought of something and I'm going to go ahead and just say it. Let's, let's take a plant in our garden and let's think about it. Okay. You have a plant and then you have a dry spell and then you get a lot of rain and then you have, you know, you, you get dry spells and then you get a bug, you get some kind of pest mm-hmm. And then you get a storm and you get a little bit of wind. And now all of a sudden you've got this plant that's been beaten down by multiple things. Now, if it was just dry, you could water it, but then you've got a pest on it. So then you've got to treat it. Then you get the storm and you've got to do this. And then you and then on top of that, the natural process of it, of it producing fruits or vegetables mm-hmm. is going to put stress on that plant as well. Make it, you know, so you have all of these compounding issues on this singular plant. It's the same idea. And it's, it's a little bit easier for me to think of that way because I don't necessarily like where I live, like it's hot in the summertime, you know what I mean? And it's not always rainy. So it's kind of almost average. And the thing is, is over the years, we get used to being less and less rain or what have you. So, so over time we get these incremental changes and it stays out of our mind and we get kind of used to it and Mm -hmm. you don't think about it Mm -hmm. and we don't process it as much. So it's the same thing with the economy and everything else. It's like right now 
we're either in a recession or we're going into a recession. And that doesn't affect most people directly, but indirectly it will. And if we're in a recession right now, average is 18 months to three years to come out of it. So in three years, where are we going to be? That's the question. So, you know, you, you just, it's like a, it's like a stupid math problem. Just adding all of this stuff up to get to, you know, whatever the answer is going to be. And it, it's difficult, you know, pending no more wars or anything like that. We may be OK. Yeah, well, and, and OK is relative. Right. You know, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we go back to the top of the episode and the definition, when we talk specifically about food, everything else we, we we've talked about, obviously, is going to impact um, what you have access to, what you grow, you know, volumes and all of that stuff. So it's all connected. Right. Um, but when it comes to, you know, that potential impact, um, I think we oftentimes just think kind of, you know, very top level unemployment, you know, what happens when people lose their jobs. Right. Remember we we're talking yeah. about this some weeks back and I don't, uh, part of uh, another series, we we're talking about target and how they had so much inventory, and that they were offering these killer sales, right? And if we are to think that for them to balance, you know, that load, if it's just about putting things on sale and selling them and it's done, then we're not really paying attention to what's been happening for decades, right? You know, you're going to go into this holiday season, what's going to happen when it comes to the holidays, you know, what sales are going to be, what are sales going to be like? Are they going to end up plainly put, are they going to end up laying off, you know, a ton of, of workers in advance or at the top of the year, like any number of those things. And, you know, so then it's the, are you now filing for unemployment and that runs X number of months and what happens next year if we are in a full on recession. Right. Um, so something that could be impacting, you know, Someone you know could be impacting many, many someones as, if you go forward in the future and you know, potentially yourself. Right. You know, so Target is just an example. Right. But they ain't the only company that's in this current situation. Um, no. And, you know, we, you talk about kind of the different services that some companies offer and you have to start to think about the need for those services as kind of the um, employment uh, market businesses, the economy changes and shifts, right? These are real considerations. Um, and so if whatever the money's that I'm making every, you know, week or every two weeks or every month, if that changes that now I'm looking at skyrocketing prices on the shelves, then well, shit, you know, so going back to your, where we are now to 10 years, you're looking at kind of some milestones in between. Um, the question becomes, if you want to kind of wait and see, all right, well, good luck. God bless. Right. Or you're probably listening because you want to take a more proactive approach when it comes to you and your family and your destiny right. to be quite frank i know it's no your destiny right like we're, we're talking about you know food shelter you know like um, th- those are the things right um so i do think that there is an opportunity and it's such a great job um bringing this kind of future state up because there is an opportunity to be hopeful Right. You know, you're armed with a lot of information now and you can decide how you want to approach these next months 
you know, these next years. And if nothing happens, right, if everything is is copacetic, if we're paying 99 cents a gallon for milk and 99 cents a gallon for gas again, if that occurs, um, you made the decisions about kind of changing the approach to the way that you feed your family, because that was your desire, not solely out of what's to be, you know, what's potentially going to happen. So I think that's still a win. Yeah, it is. And I would say, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom because, again, we don't really know what's going to happen, but you're already gardening. Mm -hmm. So just take some steps, do the things that we've discussed and, you know, get I mean, I think the one thing I like about gardening, too, is it's all it's it's super creative. Mm -hmm. Like you can figure your way out of a problem and all that stuff, because Truth be told, let's say that, I mean, the unthinkable happened, well, one of the unthinkables, and you go to work and they lay you off. And then you come home. Well, you're producing food still. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You've put away food. You've, you know, you've canned, you've frozen, you've dried, you've preserved, you've saved seeds. You've done all these things. You've got a seed saving partner for life. (laughs) You've got all these things going on. You know, so right there, you're building your community and you're you're more self-sufficient. So when you do need something, for instance, if I needed to go get a jar of spaghetti sauce, I can save five dollars and go get it out of my cabinet because I grew it myself. And that's really important. So you could put that five dollars on something else because as oil as gas prices increase, oil, it's because oil prices have increased. And you know, don't even get me started. I just I shudder at thinking about going into this winter and what, you know, how many blankets and layers I'm going to be on, you know, be wearing when it comes to heating my home. Yeah. Heating my home. Yeah, exactly. You know. And the thing is, too, is everybody says, well, electric is the answer. But what happens when electric prices go mm-hmm. up because everybody's charging their cars? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's that situation as well. So you get all these things involved and it gets kind of tricky. And it's, it's a really hard subject because there's so many paths and directions you can take in order to make it worse or better. And it's just interesting how you can look at it. So um, I, you know. My feeling in the next 10 years, I don't think it's going to be anybody's surprise. I think that you really are going to have to depend more so on your garden, not solely, Mm -hmm. but more so on your garden and take measures to put food back and stuff like that. What do you think, Batavia? Um, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, gosh, if we were able to read into the future and say, yep, this is going to be the day, you know, like, and this is what's going to happen, then we'd be sitting in different seats. Um, I, again, the conservative part of me saying, you know, kind of holding tight and saying that things are going to work out, which I firmly believe. Um, I do believe though, when we talk about access and expense, um, that we're going to continue to climb up. You know, like this is where we are now is obviously different than where we were in 07, 08, you know, yeah. <laughs> and 
And we are just talking about building up to potentially a single recession. You know, in 10 years, any number of things could happen. Um, but I do believe the things that we're doing and talking about today and the things that we're doing in our garden today and tomorrow and next year and so on will put us all in a better position um, to provide the things that we need um, to enjoy life, survive, um, you know, thrive, right? Um and I do think that this idea of it, it can be absolutely overwhelming. And I was making sure I got the um, the author of this right. You know, it's Desmond Tutu. You know, there's only one way to eat an elephant. And it's a bite at a time, you know. So another opportunity for our small step approach. Just take some small steps, right? You know, let's not lollygag. But let's take some small steps yeah. here, you know. No, exactly. And I think just setting the stage moving forward, we can all make a difference for our own personal lives. And it it sounds kind of selfish because, you know, we're a lot about community and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, there comes a time where we need to to worry about ourselves. And this would be that time. Now, we've talked about a recession a little bit, and I, I want to be clear that a recession is completely normal. There's no odd thing about a recession. It comes and goes. It's part of a fluctuating, you know, economy and stuff like that. So it what goes up must come down, but what goes down must come up. And we've had multiple recessions. We've lived through a couple. And within the next 10 years, we'll probably have another recession. So, there, you know, there is that. But <clears throat> it's the conflicts and the pandemics that it kind of make the issue and the dogs in the background barking <laughs> that make a personal issue for me. And the fatigue, right? Shari dog is just tired, right? Just <laughs> tired. <laughs> I want life to be normal. And here you guys are talking about, you know, there's some, something else that's going to turn this apple cart upside down, you know? Um, and if, if nothing else, human beings are resilient, and gardeners oh, are yeah. even more resilient. Uh, so um, we, we can't not talk about it. We can't not take action. Um, and and I'm really pleased with kind of how we've uh, been looking at this because it's just not us saying, hey, this is for you. You guys think about this, you know, preparing for this series, going through this series. It helps kind of... Um, crystallize things for me you know it helps refocus me you know yeah yeah and it's not always pleasant not everything's pleasant no no but on that word (laughs) we need to take a break and then we're going to come back with the recipe of the day if you guys want some backyard gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show. So thank you so much in advance and we hope you enjoy. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram and we will share it with our listeners. Green eggs and not ham. Uh, so <laughs> 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 I've had this recipe. I've been sitting on it. And then you had those super cool recipes from, you know, the listeners. And I'm just like, oh, God, I need to use this. Um, so I am 
I can eat anything, anytime. I don't have, you know, I'll have lasagna for breakfast if I had it for dinner last night or a couple of nights ago, like if the mood strikes. Um, but I do enjoy traditional breakfast. And this goes back probably a month ago now. I had a lot of Swiss chard, which is going to be the green here. Um, and I, I really wanted to be able to use some of the garlic scapes. So garlic scapes are garlic that I pulled out of my garden. And so this is just a quick breakfast dish or whenever you want to eat it. Um, I took a couple of tablespoons of oil. It could have been butter, but no one's judging me. Uh, and I got into a hot pan. Um, I added the garlic, right? Sauteed that a bit, put that to the side in the skillet. I was, as I was sauteing, I was uh, de-ribbing and chopping up my spinach. So I was just chopping it into ribbons. Um, I did also keep some of the rib um, because of the color. and It added some nice contrast to the plate. Um, so I chopped that up really, really finely. I put the ribs of the chard in first because they are a bit, um, the leaves are obviously a little bit more tender. And so I let those get a bit soft. And the idea of the oil and the garlic, I was really flavoring that oil, if you will, right? So you have to be careful nice. not to burn your your garlic. Um, that's the reason why I put it to the side. And so once the uh, ribs of the char got a little bit more tender, I added my leaves. Um, and so I sauteed those a bit. Uh, so then I'm going to give you two versions of this. So once those got soft, I pulled that out of the pan. And then I had some, so I still had the oil residue so i actually had some potatoes which isn't in the the title of the recipe but that's fine i very very thinly like diced potatoes because i wanted to pan fry them um and so i cooked those up maybe about i don't know maybe 10 minutes or something until they got to the point of done and crisp that i like them and so then i came back around and i pulled out the potatoes and i added my eggs Right. So now, again, it's single pot cooking. Uh, my eggs are, are added. I'm starting to cook those up to whatever doneness that you like them. Um, and then I added um, just before they were probably about a minute or two before they're done. I added my greens back in. I turned the heat down to super low. I put the top on and then a neighbor came i was outside to go pick up something and the neighbor started talking to me and so it was still cooking and interestingly enough the two versions is one version is to leave the green soft the other version is the greens got really crisp you know almost like you know how Ooh. you would like um like kale fries or something or you know kale chips yeah it was like that and i was like okay i could dig it right um so anywho i rounded it off pulling it out of the skillet my potatoes were done plated it up i have some potatoes there's no ham remember um uh, and my green eggs are, is the mixture of the charred leaves and the eggs themselves um i just topped it off with a little bit of salt and pepper to taste look at that mm -hmm. look at that mm-hmm <clears throat> oh, classic McDoctor Seuss rollover yeah. in his grave, not yeah, using I know, him. I know, How I dare know. ye? I know. And all of those, depending on what your garden's doing this year, um, I know. So Ben could have all of those from his garden, all of those ingredients. Not the garlic scapes. I don't, I don't you play can that use, game. Instead of using garlic scapes, just use garlic. I mean, it's just a, a, the yeah. scapes are going to be a, a less powerful garlic flavor. Um, so I've never used a garlic scape before never really been interested in it i don't know why 
Maybe it's because I can't ever catch them. Mm-hmm. So I've just convinced myself that it's not worth it. I think that's what it probably is. Yeah, there's a timing. I don't know enough about it, but I have that way. read that uh, a benefit of harvesting garlic scapes, whether you do anything with them or not, but if you, you harvest them, you should do something with them. But a benefit is that uh, if you don't harvest them, they'll go to flower and that takes away energy from the bulb production. And so the theory yeah. is if you harvest it, it will put more energy into the bulb. It's only pro- they're only produced for hardneck. I do know that hardneck garlic. So like what you. Oh, well, that's why. Yeah, what you um, like what you planted this year, you know, you use soft neck, I'm almost certain. And in that case, you wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't be produced. I have one row of soft neck and there, there are no escapes from that. Yeah, I think it was um, <clears throat> purple achillium or something mm-hmm. like that is what I ended mm-hmm. up planting. But um, yeah, that's um, I'm gonna have to try it. Yeah, I've you know, used, to be um, spinach before with my eggs, and it definitely dies at green too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's um, uh, to be frank, it's the potatoes. You know, it's the the again they were really thinly diced, right, and it cooks faster, but then it has that crispiness. Right. So you have the textures of, you know, and um, char, which is one of the reasons I enjoy it is it has more um, taste than spinach. Um, Definitely more taste than lettuce, but less taste, if you will, less earthiness than any other green that you would pull out of your garden. Um, So it's more mild in that sense. Um, Most chard, I think ruby red is probably one of the ones that really gets kind of earthy, almost like more like beet greens. Um, But anywho. Yeah, man. Yeah, we basically just use rainbow lights in our mm-hmm, garden. Mm-hmm. It's just easy to come by. Mm-hmm. So there you go, people. We have <clears throat> rounded out these food securities series. Um, I hope you guys have found some usefulness to it and some insight and maybe a way, a different way to kind of look at your garden. Um I don't want to say gardening is life, but gardening is life. How's that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and then the act of gardening, obviously, gardening and farming. I mean, who's out here surviving without food? Not for long, you know. You're not surviving yeah. for long. And so, for the folks over on Patreon, we'll probably more than likely be having a discussion about this in the future. So. Um, you know, if you guys want to join that, come on over. Our next series, which, spoiler alert, we already recorded because we decided to throw this one in front of it. <laughs> you can it, say it with confidence all, because it's already done. <laughs> it's already done. We're good. We're going on vacation for the next month. Not, but <clears throat> um, it's after, it's going to be all about after the harvest. So, what to do after the harvest and all that stuff. So, um, it was a term that I thought I was creative when I came up, but then it was very difficult to incorporate. So yeah, to do there's that. Too. No, it's still such a cool but, term, uh, but there is some good, valuable information as we kind of cover off on from the ruta to the tuta, you know, from the beginning until the end. Right. Yeah. That's why I like doing these series, because, I mean, sometimes we walk into them and we're like, I don't know how to go th- through with it. And then we we start it and it just kind of comes together nicely. Mm-hmm. So. 
Um, you know, everybody, if you want to support us, come check out Patreon, all that stuff. We've got a couple episodes coming out there, two episodes a month. Um, it'll help keep the show on going. Also, come check us out on YouTube. You can watch our mini-sodes on YouTube and our other videos on there. And if you're watching a mini-sode, comment there. And you can also leave a recipe and we will share it in the podcast if you want to leave it on one of the mini-sodes. Uh, we would appreciate that because I'm finding out that I am kind of enjoying the recipes that the uh, gardeners are giving us. Someone so. else doing the work by creating the recipe. Absolutely, I'm enjoying that. You damn right. I love that too. No, no, in all seriousness. It's interesting to get a get different take because we both have a style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's nice to get a new style in there every once in a while. A new style and it's a part of the dialogue that we've been like yearning to be quite frank. That's, yeah, yeah, I feel uncomfortable as I describe it that way, but yearning to explore. Like we want to be able to engage in that way. We want to just talk yeah. about more than just growing. Like, you know, I mean, we're eating this food, right? Like, I'm eating mine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, besides I mean, the ones that I don't it. harvest, like the, the listener from earlier this year, you know, on those occasions. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody, thank you so much for uh, being here and listening to this conversation. We hope that you found value out of it and apply some of it to you. And if you are, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, everybody take it easy and enjoy the hot, hot summer because it's here, baby. <laughs> See ya. It's getting hot, hot, hot. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.